0: This is the hard truth of Tony Schaefer. Back again for another week of discussion. Powered by Sig Sauer. Never settle. I don't. You shouldn't. Uh, I had a choice of what I carried in combat. I always carried the best. The best is Sig Sauer. Never settle. We are on the America Out Loud talk radio network, also available on the America Out Loud podcast network. Check us out. Project Sentinel. ProjectSentinel.net. London Center for Policy Research. LondonCenter.org. And then we are on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Rumble, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, we uh, always put out great, great content, so follow us across the board. So here we are this week uh, with former Congresswoman uh, Nan Hayworth, MD, an optometrist. Uh,
1: so, actually, an ophthalmologist. An ophthalmologist,
0: I'm an, that's more important. I'm an MD. So i I made yeah. that mistake. No, that's so,
1: right.
0: Well, the good news is, obviously, you can check people's eyes out and then, like, uh, give them surgery at the same time. No, I'm just yes. kidding. You wouldn't want to do yeah, that. Well, so, yeah, so Nan, Nan, I've it for a while. Yeah. yeah. So I appreciate Nan joining us today because she was on uh, committee, the the, fi- the financial services committee, uh, and more importantly, on the oversight and uh, investigation subcommittee of that, which was sure. we'll talk a little bit about today. Uh, all around, good egg. Uh, spent a lot of time. She came from Indiana, and then uh, which, which I have some mutual friends. We'll talk about that later. Her parents were both served in the military, World War II, which service is great. Uh, And I obviously, uh, I appreciate your service to the nation because you don't have to do what you do. You don't have to take the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune that I've seen you take. Uh, We all have to take from being outspoken and conservative. So, Nan, welcome to The Hard Truth.
1: Well, thank you for your service, Tony, and always. And it is a privilege to be your guest. Thank you.
0: Well, Well, thank you. So we really do work uh, like you to educate folks on issues, which I, I don't necessarily think that the uh, mainstream media wants them to know. And I don't want to sound conspiratorial, but it seems to me that, uh, uh, large news outlets, which are funded by political and business interests have very little interest in actually telling people what they need to know to understand how to best right. vote, survive and otherwise live their lives. Right. Right. So, um, with that said, let's jump right in to taxation. Yeah. Um, well, the other day when I was listening to you on Newsmax, and you know, we, full disclosure, both of us are Newsmax contributors, so we're on often. the um, The issue of the Joe Biden uh, budget came up, and the so called uh, extension the, the the extension of um, the debt, of, ceiling. debt ceiling. Yeah, now um, thirty one trillion dollars. And that's a that's a lot of money.
1: I mean, mean,
0: it's really ballooned since. And I'll be honest, both Democrats and Republican presidents have done this because, you know, I love President Reagan. I'm still friends and mentors with a lot of his cabinet, Mm -hmm. but he did some big deficit spending. So did uh, Bush 41, Bush 43, both. And of Uh, course,
1: covid so. And
0: COVID, yeah, I, the last year of Trump's four years was well, a huge Trump. spike because of COVID. And I, I, I'm not here to criticize either side, other than to say, when do we start considering bringing sanity to the spending? Because you and I, like, if if I have a budget, say I'm spending about one hundred and twenty thousand dollars a year yeah. in my home budget, and I'm only getting you know eighty thousand dollars in for income revenue. I'm going to the bank and making up that deficit. Basically, the bank is, is is fronting me that money, and then I get to the point of where I've 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 exceeded the bank's loan to me. It's like, mm-hmm. hey, can I have some more? Sure. Right. Here's another hundred thousand dollars, and it's like we can't do that. We can't yeah. we can't do that, and yet the government yeah. can. Why Why is that? Why do they get away with this?
1: Well, because, Tony, I, I know your listeners and you know this, but I'm just going to make it explicit. We are pushing this off to future generations. Yeah. That is the cheap and easy way to do it. Um, well, it's seemingly cheap and easy. Let's put it that way. The, no. And, you know, I've done a lot of thinking about this, Tony, because, as you mentioned, I was in the House of Representatives. In 2011, we had a major uh, uh set of conflicts, series of conflicts, uh, almost exactly uh, 12 years ago about uh, raising the debt ceiling in the summer of 2011, Uh, and a lot of passionate arguments uh, within the House Republican Conference, as you can imagine, because uh, however imperfectly, it is only basically the Republicans who have among us legislators and political figures who really genuinely do want to reduce the burden on hardworking Americans who are, uh, uh, unfortunately, uh, bearing all of the consequences right. of, uh, disastrous spending. But here, here are the, here are the, the, the elements that, that play into this and that create these problems. Uh, ever since the 1930s, basically, uh, America has been in a headlong uh, rush to unwittingly, I mean, not, you know, I I wouldn't say any of us necessarily seek to repudiate the uh, wisdom of the founders and framers, but essentially to do just that. Our constitution was designed to have a very limited federal government. Anybody who reads the Constitution, uh, I know you have, you've probably read it more times than I, uh, understands that the federal government was designed to do, the federal government was designed to do a very limited portfolio of things and do them well. And what are those things? I, I mean, there there are so few that we can list them conversationally.
0: Theoretically, except they've expanded out. But yes.
1: I. Well, okay. <laughs> yeah, but what are they? Well, to maintain national sovereignty, you know, like border security, obviously, our military, our defenses against foreign invaders, to sustain foreign relations, to mm-hmm. make sure that the states are able to coexist peacefully and uh, cooperatively, uh, right. to have interstate Transport and a postal service and a currency. Uh, that's that's and to ensure yes that our citizens' fundamental rights, uh, as delineated in the Bill of Rights and in the amendments, uh, to make sure that all of those are are honored and right. observed. Right? right. That's basically it. Right. What was it not intended to do? In any form, in fact, the framers recommended against it, and there were vigorous debates in the early days of this country about this very topic, and from then on, it was not ever designed to confer pensions or benefits on anyone. And in the 1930s, the federal government undertook to guarantee pensions and benefits. And at that point, when uh, you know well-meaning members of Congress and a president Roosevelt, FDR was, you know, FDR and Lyndon Johnson were in the 20th century the most disastrous uh, domestic policy presidents ever. Johnson, foreign policy as well, obviously, but they, they they took it upon themselves to guarantee. Started out modestly, right? Social Security it was basically yeah. for for yeah. widows, right?
2: Right,
1: and it just expanded from there once once we can vote ourselves largesse yes, from the public treasury and you know the the origin of that expression has been debated but once americans can do that once anyone can do that then it will only increase political figures will seek to make you happy right. otherwise you won't vote for them right so that's that that is the the the, the kernel of our problem we have allowed ourselves to vote ever greater power to government, to intervene in our lives in all kinds of ways. Government also wasn't ever meant to manage education, commerce, right. agriculture, uh, you know, the environment, environment. system. Right, I mean, I you know, the interior, there is a department of the interior that, that is obviously here since the beginning, basically. You know, I can put some environmental protections in there. I don't even have a problem with that. What I do have a problem with is spending on uh, intervening in what's supposed to belong to the states and the citizens—that yeah, is fundamentally I, anti-constitutional. No,
0: I'm, I, and I'm gonna, I want to—I want to cover that in a bit more detail here in a second, because yeah. there's there's an overlap between the dictates of the federal government regarding the states and their sovereignty, and then how the the, the federal government has become the purveyor of of technology or limiting technology if, if they just decide, oh, I, I don't like it. And right. I'll cover that in a second. Uh, but going well, we're still on the financial issue, there's no link at this point between the taxes we pay and the appropriations process. None. It's, it's right. basically money comes in and they use it however they want, but it doesn't go to manage the debt. It doesn't go to manage programs. It's kind of like uh, we're just going to write a check for whatever we want, no matter how much income we've got coming in, is that is that a rep- accurate representation of, of uh, how?
1: Well, pretty how- much, pretty much, Tony, absolutely. And the the big problem we have <laughs> these days now is that, of yeah. course, now we have this enormous uh, government life dominating complex. Every aspect of our lives, there's virtually nothing.
0: Pete calls right. it the le- 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 exactly. Leviathan. Exactly, it is
1: the Leviathan. Yeah. So, it I can tell you, having been in the active political process, obviously, and having served yeah. in a swing district, and you know, a swing district is uh, is fun because at any given moment in time, half your constituents pretty much uh, hate your guts. So, <laughs> 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 it, it'll vary, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. but it, it, we can look at the idiots in Washington why not? Certainly I do. And, and, and shake our fists at them and say, my God, why are they doing these things? I have to tell you that most of the time they're doing these things because that's what their constituents want. Yeah. So the fault dear Brutus is not in our politicians. It is in great part, but in ourselves, unless and until the American public understands economics, civics, history, and we're getting further and further away from that. Our generation—I'm right. older than you—but our generation is probably. No, oh, no, you're
0: not. No, no. Especially. You and I are very similar in age, by the way. And you look okay, great for so, your age. Oh, oh so
1: We're within—we're
0: within, we're within uh, two years of each other. Just saying. So
1: oh, there you go. Okay. Yeah. So, but but our generation is probably the last, sadly. And I had a great education in Munster, Indiana public schools, to 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 be grounded in some form in civics. In an understanding of the Constitution, I also had parents who taught me well. Yeah. Uh, and my dad gave me Henry Hazlitt to read when I was 16, my brilliant, wonderful dad. Uh, so, you know, I was fo- thoroughly grounded in the adverse consequences of government intervention in our lives. But if you don't understand that, and not one Democrat seems to understand that at all, yeah. uh, or if they do understand it, they suppress it uh, for the sake of their politics. Uh, you know, if you don't understand that, we are destined to participate, uh, wi- willingly or not, in a death spiral.
0: So, great, great transition, great segue, and uh, a, real, a quick shout out to my old friend Walter Jones because Walter, God bless, rest his soul, taught me a lot of the stuff you did. I mean, I'm an intelligence officer, but I had no background in this, so I had to catch way up, way fast. So, I had Scott Perry, Walter Jones, uh, Jim Jordan, all help instruct me on yeah. getting caught up to what you fundamentally understand from from your early days and i appreciate your helping us but that's the next thing i want to talk about death spiral so yeah. uh, over the weekend i had to travel out to la I, I still produce tv believe it or not i still can't believe i have an imdb and i'm considered so both glad. an actor and <laughs> uh, yeah, i'm an actor and producer like really i am well, i guess it, it's, it's on the internet it must be true yeah, so I I so am. i was out in la and um and, and beverly hills The movie stars, all that. And uh, uh, you can check out my Instagram. I posted it all anyway. So um, when I was out there, I was just thinking to myself, the very death spiral thing. It's like, and what Gavin Newsom has said, and this relates both to taxation and to government dictates is that by 30, 2030, and we're not that far away from it. We're like, what, seven years, six years away, uh, you know,
1: seven years. Yeah. Less by, by 2030,
0: 30% 30% of all vehicles in California have to be electric. And I'm sitting there driving. Have you, You've been to LA. I'm driving. I am. And I'm looking around. It's like, there's no freaking way. No way. Yeah. I mean, I, and I, I got there on a Sunday and, and, and everything was still like crowded. Yeah. So I'm sitting there just doing the numbers in my head to replace essentially every fifth vehicle. With it it ain't in the cards it ain't possible and right. the the fact is to to to, to find room just room yeah. for each the, the series of the charging, charging things necessary to cover one you know that number and then not even I'm not even getting into the power requirements to right. power all of those
1: things <laughs> well they, they they managed to save their nuclear plant uh right in uh, in Southern California but just barely yeah right. uh, yeah whatever and we've,
0: but, and, we've, and we've not built any new ones even though that's no. the most look I've got a degree in environmental studies we should be doing nuclear plants all over the place
1: absolutely
0: I mean it's, it, it's yeah. abundant cheap power there's less people there's less deaths even if you count Chernobyl less deaths absolutely per per kilowatt of power out absolutely. of anything
1: and and let's just let's just say because i'm i'm so pro-nuclear pl- practically glow um lots of folks know in fact, it's a brilliant series, yeah. uh, the HBO series Chernobyl. Yeah, great.
0: It's I highly recommend it. Compelling. If you want to see, see a death spiral, that's a death spiral right
1: well, there. Yeah. it's compelling, and it's, and it's reasonably because true to liberty. history. Right. But, the, but the point I want to make to people is that the reason Chernobyl happened as it did was because the Russians, the Soviets, to save money, did not build containment for these reactors.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh,
1: that that can't happen in the United States. We right. built containment. Three Mile Island was contained, and not only that, but the new generation of nuclear uh, doesn't even have the same concerns about the potential for meltdown.
0: We should do a whole had. separate show. I'd like you to have come back and let's just do, do a whole thing on green because you right. you get it. Uh, you know, you, you'll laugh right. at this. My, one of our final exams for my degree was drawing from memory over a two hour period, just on a on a blue book. The operational, every aspect of the operations of, of nuclear power plants. You had to draw it from memory. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. It's like, so that was two hours of, and, and that's what you, it's like, that's either you know it or you don't, right? I mean, it's that's
1: incredible. It. Now, I love, we had a nuclear plant called Indian Point that powered New York Metro 24 7, zero carbon energy. Yeah. Not uh, reliant know. on you know, wind well, you, or sun or anything. And we gave it up.
0: See, we we need to talk about this. But my point being at this point because everything you just said was like if you were if, if the left were logical, zero carbon, high energy, you they, oh no, we we hate we hate nuclear. We hate, you know, nuclear because, nuclear. Yeah,
1: well yeah. because ooh, scary and it's like well, Yeah, I know, like, but it's not. It's, it's, not, it's
0: not. So, to that that's my point. So, you have now the federal government coming in at the wrong on the wrong side of this because what they're going to say is you can't have nuclear; it's too hard, it's too dangerous. Right. But you're going to have to convert everything to green. Now, the other thing, and I'm, and I'm sitting here thinking about it. Have, have you ridden in a, in a Prius or any? Have you have ridden any? You've yeah. so I've been. I actually was in a Prius; it broke down in the tunnel. Tanya was with me in New York. We we got we were in a battery tunnel, and and the, the the battery ran out. Another oh, no. so thing it's like that was that was a really bad situation. She can yeah. tell you about it in the second part of the yeah. show. Anyway, my point being is if you get into a Prius, the battery dies. You got to replace the the battery itself that's costs it. as much as the car. Yeah, and then uh, if you're going to buy one, it's not just buying the car. You got to buy an infrastructure for your house because you have to charge the darn Absolutely.
1: thing. Absolutely, right. And
0: then so right. so that's another ten thousand right. dollars, and then on top oh. of it, yeah.
1: Oh, go ahead, John.
0: Yeah. No, I was going to say the other thing. What is a car made of? It's made of steel. Yeah. It's made of plastics, which come from petroleum.
1: Or petroleum.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this the whole the whole, the whole no idea. idea. Yeah, the I whole no idea. idea that yeah. the government will dictate to you or me yeah. that uh, that what kind of car we can have or should have or mm-hmm. incentives. Do you see? Do you know? And you know this. That if, if not for the financial incentives, there's no way. Uh, individuals could normally afford it, and and just to think about the 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 big uh, the big uh, manufacturers are taking a bath. I mean, Ford, I sure. think I've heard is losing fifty to eighty thousand per car right. to
3: manufacture
0: right. these things.
1: Right, right. So oh, well, many, yes, absolutely. When tremendous. I was in, yeah, when I was in Congress, there was a demonstration of some new General Motors electric car, and my team, you know how it is. They uh, team yeah, said, "Hey, I do you want to go?" And I said, "No, I do not." because they are ripping off the taxpayers to, to subsidize the construction of that car. My so point. no I am not going because I am not celebrating that. If so, consumers want it, yay, yeah. that's great. but give consumers the choice. Here's the problem Tony and you know you know the term good government right, right. and good government again in our generation you know that became the buzzword
2: right? right? And our our
1: great universities cranked out thousands of graduates every year and told them, go now and change the world through policy. Remember, you're smarter and you've got more on the ball than most of the great unwashed you're you're seeking to help. And government is the best and fastest way to make sure that you can improve their lives. And they don't realize and they don't know. And this is what, when I tell people this. And I had, a, I had a day at my alma mater to talk with undergrads and graduate students in the politics yeah. department. It was, it was, it was wonderful. Yeah. You know, they're all eager. They want to do good things. But you know, the the defining property of government, what is the defining property of government? If you ask an average audience, including well-educated people, most of them won't get it right. What is the defining, what is the one thing that distinguishes government from all other forms of human endeavor? The fact that government can kill us. Government possesses lethal policing power. Yes, And it forces us to pay for other people's bad decisions. Once you frame it in that way for, for people, it does make them think.
0: Right. So to that point, uh, I got to be careful with language because we just, we're still fighting YouTube on certain things I said about Dr. Fauci a while back. Not that no. he's a garden gnome or anything. I think he looks, I think just because you look like a garden gnome is not a bad thing. I don't think, I really? You know, you know there's, a, there's yeah, a sitting.
1: I'm an we're We're alumni of the same medical college and we both graduated at the top of our respective classes. Yeah. Um, and I was a defender of Dr. Fauci for, uh, the, you know, in the fog of COVID. Yeah. Um, but I have become a detractor.
0: Because he lied. Because to your point, it, it, without understanding and using right. proper science, you know, natural immunity, I was a big fan of that because, I, you know, it's 61 yeah,
1: too, from the get-go.
0: Yeah. From si- at 61, either you get it or you don't. I mean, you know, not that I'm saying you're up there, but I, you know, we all can look no, at I'm 63. I'm 63. That's my point, point. and my fr- friend Cherie, sixty-three too, and she looks great. So my point is, is that there's natural understanding of health process if you understand and study it. And then, well, there's, but and, they, there's, they,
1: and there's medical, there's medical understanding. And yes, biological. of course, when you're a doctor. Yeah, right.
0: So, so that's my point is that there's this is where you, you know, the government by bad advice or worse, exactly. pr- promoting and pushing incentives which actually detract from your benefit and, or health. Oh, it's very oh, right. dangerous.
1: Why was that happening? Well, and of course, the then the eternal guidance since time immemorial, follow the money.
0: Yes, of course.
1: And at least be honest about where your money is coming from.
0: So that's my next topic is where's where's the money? Where's the where's it come from? So the next area that I want to cover with you, because, again, we have a shared interest and background and experience is. Uh, sovereign immunity and, and sovereign, not from the perspective of the government, because we've talked about that how it can be abused, but by individuals in the yeah. DOJ and FBI. And yeah. I, I know that um, just from your comments on air, uh, you see me on this, I'll be talking about it, I think tomorrow. I mean, every pretty much every day for the next few days about the whole issue relating to the Trump, the indictment. I, I have a thing with BBC to talk about this. Obviously, a lot of people are interested. Uh, I yeah. think, you know, the fact is, who charges someone with espionage with no evidence of espionage? I mean, come on. And then, and then get this, Nan, uh, they they completely ignore the Presidential Records Act, which is like, uh, that's the authority the president has to maintain documents. You know, it's like, oh yeah, we don't want to talk about that. We just want to pretend he committed espionage. How did we get to this point that we have such an abusive system? Oh,
1: yeah, well, so many, so many points in this regard, Tony. So many points. Yeah. Um, And and of course, there are the legal aspects, but, you know, there are also the political aspects. They do converge. There's a great uh, commentary piece in The Wall Street Journal just today by uh, one of the Judicial Watch attorneys who sought to use FOIA to access the the audio recordings, the tapes that President Clinton had retained yeah, from his and, and his
0: sock drawer, the sock drawer, which right. I don't he, know.
1: Yep. Right. I had it's to his, think, what
0: else is in that sock drawer? Just saying, knowing him.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, maybe we don't want to know, but but the tapes. Yeah. Uh, you know, and there, it, it they were literally, uh, you know, physical, you know, copies were in a sock drawer, right. and the government's position, the U.S. government's position was. That those are the possession of the president. Whatever he chooses to, whatever they didn't put a quantitative limit on it, they didn't put a qualitative right. limit on it. Right. Whatever he chooses to retain is his, Bingo. and no one has any right. No one, not even us, said the federal government. Not even, not even we have the right to confiscate them from him. Right now, how do we? Okay, so if that is the precedent then how do we square that with what they just accused Donald Trump of doing?
0: You can't square it. You can't. And, and it, this is a we've, I think, outlined for our audience for the first half of the show kind of the tapestry of abuse. The federal government okay. has established based on how they take money in without regard to spending wisely how they then use that to basically dictate to you or me what we can do or not do regarding lifestyle, and then,
1: couch it in terms of we are giving you what you asked for and what you wanted.
0: Yeah, yeah, and then and then winding it up now with an an obtuse and direct abuse of authority what? that basically is allowed the federal government to do whatever it wants to anybody it decides. Ah, we don't we don't care about presidents. We're, we don't care. You're a president about precedents. We're just going to do it because we don't like you, and that's why. If, if
1: they can cut him down, they can cut anyone down. Absolutely. And that's the that's the message that they want. MAGA Republicans.
0: So, about you saw that Jean Luc Jean Jean Luc Picard. Jean Jean Luc Picard. You know, make it so. Number one uh, was on, and she uh, was slammed by the. Uh, uh, under the Hatch Act. So we'll talk more about that yes. soon. This has and been she's the always first saying half. She can't talk. I know, that's right. So, anyway, uh, we're going to come back, second half of The Hard Truth with Tony Schaefer. Uh, our, our guest today is uh, former Congresswoman Nan Hayworth, and, and, and we're having a, a, a barn burner of a discussion today, and we're looking forward to part two. So, so stay tuned, we'll be right back.
3: One thing remains true airborne viruses love us equally. You've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the advanced nasal solution, Cofix RX. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. Spray goodbye to colds and flus with a Cofix RX nasal solution cleanse. That's cofixrx.com. Save 20% by using promo code Out loud at cofixrx.com.
4: Oral hygiene hasn't changed in 50 years. Brush, floss, repeat. We're told to use fluoride, which doesn't really address the acid-creating bacteria. That is where the dentist-recommended Spry Dental Defense System shines. Spry products contain xylitol, a natural sugar, which helps get rid of those nasty, smelly acid-creating bacteria in our mouth. The best way to care for your teeth and gums is by using Spry. The Spry Dental Defense System has a wide variety of products, toothpaste, mouthwash, mints, and chewing gums that are designed to work together to keep your teeth clean and mouth healthy and smelling sweet all day long. To get your oral care back on track in an easy, effective, and very tasty way, switch to Spry today. Ask your dentist about Xylitol and the Spry products.
0: America Out Loud Talk Radio.
3: The Liberty and justice for all.
0: Hey, this is the Hard Truth Tony Schaefer, part two. Powered by Six Hour Never Settle. Uh, I had a choice of what I carried in combat. I always carried a Six Hour. Uh, you should too. Uh, never Settle always carry the very best. And we are on the America Out Loud talk radio network, also available on the America Out Loud podcast network. Check us out. Project Sentinel, projectcentral.net, the London Center for Policy Research at londoncenter.org. And we are on every known social media platform on the planet, uh, off planet I don't know about, but here we're on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Rumble, and our own website, projectcentral.net. We are joined uh, today by the Honorable uh, former congressman nan hayworth uh, doctor uh op- optima- ophthalmologist.
1: an ophthalmologist yes sir oh,
0: that's right by the way i had a lasik done by the navy back years ago by a, oh, a navy okay. yeah and, and it went
1: and it went well
0: it's, it's held up yeah so Good. Good. uh so i'm i'm a big fan obviously of that system and i think you know obviously it's it's I appreciate you being here as a professional it, it, let me just do a quick shout out on that my former congressman well, dr murphy Greg Murphy, yes. Yes. I appreciate the fact when people like you and he show up who've actually had life experience and understanding how the real world works, because there's so much lacking of those who become professional politicians early on. Yes. Say, Dare I say, someone like a Joe Biden, who like was from his 20s oh, on. True. Yeah. So and anyway, we're joined by the rest of the team. Chris Cordani running the boards. Really? The, 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 the immaculate uh, Chris Cordani. The, <laughs> the, the, Wash my hands. The the quite uh, the shiny and and very well tanned Tanya Miller from Hawaii, looking uh, very she's look she, look at her she's glowing. I mean, for those who are on radio only, <laughs> you're missing the glow of Tanya. Uh, you should wa- feature and watch us out. And then of course Elizabeth Breckencamp, Elizabeth uh, the the uh, ever Elizabeth, uh, wearing pink today, uh, mm-hmm. just uh, hanging out uh, in uh, where are you? Are you in down Virginia. in Lake Anna? Are you in Lake Anna?
1: Right now, no. In a couple hours, we will be. Ah, well, Ooh.
0: very good. And then, so we're going to jump into part two and we're going to continue our discussions from part one. And let's start off, Nan, by jumping Mm -hmm. back into where we're at regarding just the federal government's immense power regarding sovereignty. And uh, we were talking about uh, the FBI, DOJ abuse. One of the areas we did not get to, which I wanted to get to today, was 702 and the the unauthorized or less than properly conducted searches of of U.S. citizens' information that's allowed under the Patriot Act, which is now being debated in front of Congress. So um, how is it that the FBI continues to violate these rights? They always come over and say, man- we messed it up. We're so sorry. We're going to fix it. And yeah. then they come back and it's even a higher stat. It's like, yeah, I know we told you you're going to fix it, but we didn't, but we will. you got to trust us. And then they come back a third time and it, it, even more, it's like 20, it's, it goes from like 3,000 to 10,000 to 20,000 violations.
1: Yeah.
0: How, how,
1: how does this happen? Well, because they they don't perceive—I I mean, I'm, I'm stating the obvious—but they don't perceive any consequences uh, uh, of doing so. Yeah, uh, and I know now, of course, we all do, that the new majority in the House—well, now it's uh, you know six months in, just about—but yeah. uh, uh, this new majority is threatening to withhold funding from the DOJ and the FBI. Uh, unless and until they mm-hmm. reform. That's obviously a, 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 the most immediate way that uh, the people can uh, curb the excesses or abuses of departments of government. And yeah. I hope they pursue it.
0: Well, let's open up to the rest of the team. Chris, or, or Elizabeth, Tanya, anyone
3: want to jump in and pick up uh, on yeah, that? Everybody's so, searching yeah, me yeah. right now. So, uh, <laughs> yes. oh. but, but the FBI, these, uh, these three-letter agencies seem to have free reign to do whatever they want. Uh, upon maybe one or two orders, they can kind of pull a little push forward. We are normally protected by the Constitution for search, uh, with, uh, from search and seizure. Yes. The fact is, that's a little sketchy. I will harken back to what got G. Gordon Liddy fired back in, uh, what was it, uh, the, the 90s when he was doing talk radio. He actually said that a certain three-letter agency were a bunch of, I believe the quote was, Jack Booted thugs. Uh, he was kicked off and chastised for it. But apparently looking back and seeing what's been going on the last few years and, and what's been happening to people who uh, think differently or, 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 or uh, take a political action, that... Uh, that goes against the established narrative or the established powers in Washington. It might be the hired mercenaries that uh, that Mr. Liddy thought they were.
1: Oh, Chris, you're absolutely right. Well, look what and aren't we fortunate that Elon Musk uh, took it upon himself at uh, you know great financial cost? Although yes, he is multi multi billionaire, but still to purchase Twitter uh, and reveal to the public how deeply uh, the federal government uh, under the uh, Biden administration and from before even, right, you know, has has sought to control uh, the access that we have to information and to suppress uh, the speech of those who disagree with uh, the government line. That's really frightening. And he has revealed that. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the ties that bind are astronomical,
2: and we're finding out this regular citizen, even those who, you know, if they turn on their nightly news, they kind of got a little bit of exposure to what happened. I don't know how much they got to... Learn, but we've all been knowing because our friends, even if are not ourselves, but most of us have been censored in some form. But mm-hmm. then you go to see. Wait a minute, our own agencies. Where aren't we paying for them? Don't we have rights? Isn't this getting? And then wait. Oh, so there has been uh, congressional hearings. There have been people inquiring about all of our rights all this time, and they've had all these issues for all this time. So people slightly tune in, and then they see. Oh, it's just pushback. Pushback. Um, like, how long do we have to wait until they just have? They've gone so far, you know. I literally have a, a floor mat outside my or a doormat outside my door. It says, "Come back with a warrant." Now I really don't want anybody do coming it? back with that's any warrants, one. and there's no warrants oh, to be had. Funny, <laughs> but it's just the point. Oh. It's literally just the point, and I'm it's back like, with the warrant. yeah, it's really just that. the point. Don't even bother me. Like, what? Right, but it's right. like, am I at this point in my life that I have to worry about what? what I share and like that I can't, maybe I won't get hired. Maybe I will have an IRS agent do some ridiculous audit when really the tax people need to get back with me about my issue with them. So it's like very complicated and it comes down to how the hell does this get to happen to us? And
1: we're still paying them. And so and, yeah. Yeah, Tony and and it's not as we know. It's it's not, you know, everything that's done in a free enterprise system is done faster and more efficiently. So what do we have now? We have uh, and I think Mike Gonzalez from Heritage uh, is among the many who have written about this phenomenon. But I think he wrote one of the best books about it. The Plot to Change Mm. America, the march of Marxism through our institutions. Exactly. Exactly. Over the past Mm. nearly century. And, you know, they started with educational institutions, but went to most of their institutions, Mm -hmm. government and now, of course, since we've had uh, generations exposed to uh, ever increasing indoctrination in, again, you know, the well-intentioned ministrations of the state. You know, this is uh, all good is accomplished through more government policy. The Democrat Party, in fact, is dedicated to that. That's one reason oh, yeah. I cannot possibly be a Democrat. But, uh, but, but now we have corporate uh, governance. Corporate boardrooms, businesses, large ones primarily, uh, overtaken by uh, by those who want to use the free enterprise system to oppress speech mm-hmm. and to uh, and to force mm-hmm. compel conformity mm-hmm. with what they have determined should be mm-hmm. the norms. That's right. very frightening.
0: So, we kind of talked about that in the first part of the show with uh, the government coming in to tell you what you can and cannot do, like giving incentives. I still don't understand. Mm-hmm. And at one point I forgot to mention, uh, Nan, and we should cover it here briefly. Any regulation of environment, for the most part, my judgment is states should deal with that. I mean, you live in that state, that state has the, the right. sovereign responsibility of trying to take care of you. I live in North Carolina. The state of North Carolina is devoted to a number of things. Yeah. Uh, Gov- the current governor is a Democrat, but he's, I think they're going to get rid of him this next cycle. I think uh, Mark Robinson, my friend Mark, will probably win. Oh, right? he's awesome. He's, he's wonderful. I love Mark. He's a great mm-hmm. guy. Anyway, the, 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 the folks here are devoted to freedom. I mean, they want to be free. They don't believe the government should be doing anything to basically create a level playing field so people have a fair opportunity, not outcome. No, no guarantees right. of outcome. And I see this whole thing with the government trying to tell you what to do is trying to tell you what outcome they want. Where does the government have any right to tell you what outcome they seek? I don't. I don't get well,
1: that. Here's how they. Here's how they get us, and here's how they get. Of course, you know they. They especially the younger generations, uh, the youngest among us. Michael Schellenberger, although he's not alone in this, has written uh, compellingly about the dreadful uh, effects of environmental catastrophism, right. uh, and it is being used. Tony, you alluded to the, the so-called Green New Deal. Uh, so, if you can convince uh, young people who have not yet had the responsibility, for the most part, of uh, fending for themselves, nor for others, right. uh, if you can convince them that, uh, that their future, uh, the quality of life, health, and that of, of others depends entirely on pursuing a prescribed set, of actions yeah. uh, to, quote, save the planet, right? Yeah. Doesn't it all sound good? You know, we can, uh, that, that polar bear over there that looks sick, we can make sure no polar bear ever gets sick. We can make all of which Some mm-hmm. a lot of this is, in fact, hoax-level stuff. Not oh, and it yeah. doesn't mean we shouldn't take data seriously. We should. No. But if you look at the data in their entirety, catastrophism is not warranted. A rational approach is warranted that balances uh, all of the considerations in terms of sustainability—not just environmental, but fiscal—but when you convince young people, and then you give them the vote, and I think one of the dumbest things this country ever did was give 18-year-olds the franchise. That is a really bad idea. Yep. Uh, and yeah. So right, so they—they they don't defend for yeah. themselves. Mommy and daddy, and you know, Uncle Government are paying for everything, and they have got to vote to save the planet by signing on to what essentially is an authoritarian socialist agenda that is being sold as uh, beneficial for all of humanity right. and every species, we, we seal our doom.
0: So let me hit that real quick because uh, Tanya is a former teacher. And um, one of the things that I believe that you and I both benefited from, from our generation is, is the idea of creating the process and ability of critical thinking. Critical thinking is a skill. Uh-huh. And so when I, to your point though, when I was young, uh, I listened to the debates between Jimmy Carter and, and well, Ronald Reagan. There, there you go again, Dan. I don't know.
1: <laughs> you, you,
0: you don't want to become a Democrat now, do you? <laughs> anyway, um, I listened to the debates between you know yeah. you know Ron and 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 I tell you, when I heard Billy, Jimmy uh, Jimmy Carter, well, you know, I was listening to my daughter Amy on nuclear policy. It's like uh, I'm not going to vote for that guy. Yes, uh-huh.
1: it was the same yeah. thing I said.
0: Yes. As as I
1: heard that. I knew he had lost yes. that election. It's yeah.
0: like, uh, no, I'm not gonna vote for that guy. Anyway, and I was, 18. Yeah. I was eighteen. My first vote ever at eighteen was for Ronald Reagan. So I'm very proud of the oh, fact that yeah. so I was very proud of the fact that I figured it out. But I, I also attribute it to the fact that I was encouraged as a as a kid in high school. I went to high school in Lisbon, Portugal, at the American school there. I was taught to think critically. Think for yourself. And to your point, when mm-hmm. I when I got my degree in environmental studies, mm-hmm. I do I am concerned about the environment. I live on three acres here in North Carolina, a beautiful yard. I live on an right across from an active farm. I love the environment. That's why I don't buy into the hoax of the left, because everything they're saying is completely opposite of, of what we should be understanding regarding saving that's the environment. True. That's why I've signed up. But that's my point to you, Nan, because you talked about education and Tanya has seen this, too. We should be encouraging kids to think for themselves and try to Mm -hmm. figure out through scientific method and study what the reality is, not telling them to think a certain way and and Mm -hmm. subscribe to an order and discipline that they tell you should subscribe to. Right, Tanya? I mean, that's that's the
2: We're in the trouble we're in because we don't have critical thinking uh, skills Mm -hmm. in, in the large masses. And all these generations have gone through education to the point they're being propagandized and um the big government big government government and then that culture Mm -hmm. just is um it's all over media and so then you know then it's all about the likes and how i look and all these things Mm -hmm. and it's taken them off the path of being purposeful with their time and, you know, the skilled trade and all this. So now it's just about going to college and looking good. And they're not even finishing college. And they, I, I dealt with seniors that didn't even know that the student loans weren't free. They're loans. Oh, that's just yeah. the
1: application. <laughs> <Because> they literally <laughs> didn't know this. They did oh, not know this. Yeah. So because we, we have a never, big
2: gap. We have a big they gap. They never it's, learned that the word fault. loan means loan. Exactly. Loan means not to criticize them. It's not to criticize the students. It's to say this whole system... Yeah. We have been under this, like you said, it's been a plot, okay? We have definitely changed. So the student classroom like now is quite different than it was many, many years ago since even my parents. And so we we have a lot of problems with understanding and the lack of debate because, you know, the debate, the critical thinking I got was debate classes because I tried to study both sides. I wanted to understand we're not getting any problems solved. We're just barking at each other and the problems aren't Mm -hmm. getting solved, but you can't solve them. If you can't talk about the problems and we're getting censored with the facts.
1: I think we have mm-hmm. I think we, we have another deficit that I think is glaring and I agree with you on critical thinking entirely. Mm-hmm. You are exactly right. Um, but it's also we are not inculcating a fund of knowledge anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not responsible for mm-hmm. a fund of knowledge, historic knowledge, civics, just what we we're talking about before civics. being able to. Uh, to to read and to write and to uh, calculate, you know, just uh, basic scientific facts. They're not learning anything. They're being taught well. You can just get it off the internet when you need it. That is ridiculous, mm-hmm. and that is a recipe for uh, mass mm-hmm. ignorance. Which of course is what right. we see now. And I would mm-hmm. I would offer you this: we have. Uh, and we have all been betrayed. Every one of us, including our great teachers like Tanya, have all been betrayed by the development of the education government complex. And I'm a product of public schools yep. in Munster, Indiana, but I no longer believe in taxpayer funding of education, believe it or not, because it has been mm-hmm. thoroughly corrupted and abused. The education yep. government complex does two things now. One, indoctrinates, to your point, the next generation of mm-hmm. uh, you know young authoritarians primarily, and two, serves as the extortion division for the Democrat Party, because the more they pry out of taxpayer pockets, it became very obvious in COVID, obviously, we need more money, we need more protection. None of it went to any of that. It went primarily to the teachers' unions. And guess where they sluice all that money to when they give political contributions at every level of education to the Democrat Party?
3: It's the kickbacks. This is where this is where invented yeah. spelling and invented math get yeah. But there is some trust left. There are institutions that we can still trust. Well, there's only one. And that's Tony's takes. Oh boy. That's <laughs> it. That's right. Empowered <laughs> <to you> by, <laughs> powered it's, by it's, Sig Sauer, yeah. that is. Right. Never settle. <laughs> it's it's deja
0: vu all over again, huh, Chris? We do this every week. Uh, Don't <laughs> Absolutely.
3: Tony the case against Donald Trump. It's not really over the declassified documents. The DOJ strategy was to invoke the 1970 uh, 1917 little used espionage act which incidentally was used by a then-sitting president to silence an anti-war political rival. The hmm. case is flimsy. What's your take?
0: See, deja vu all over again. I knew that was coming. Mm -hmm. See, I I knew this.
3: And and by uh, the way, that rival ran for president from prison, Eugene V. Debs.
0: Yeah. So um, it's been a passion of trying to prevent someone who's a candidate running for president, because obviously uh, when the, uh, the look the sta- if the state doesn't like someone they will create conditions to get rid of you and i've had personal experience and it's true as a whistleblower mm-hmm. trust me it's one of those things that mm-hmm. if they decide they want you out there will they will manufacture uh their own internal consent and find a way to get it so uh i think it's it's hogwash the whole idea that be- and think about this for a second and then i want you to talk about the mention is mm-hmm. these documents are protected by a federal agency called the Secret Service. Uh, nobody, and, and, and again, Donald Trump is many things, but he's not hands-on. He's not a, he's not a librarian. He's not going to be in those, doc, those boxes sorting through. And right. as much as I've advised uh, his campaign and others, Donald Trump doesn't go down and go through boxes. Just saying. It, d- it doesn't happen. <laughs> it, it doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah. So right. it's, not, it's not like, you exactly. know, and, I, and on the other hand, Joe Biden, uh, old old Sleepy Joe in his garage with his Corvette, uh, I, I can see him going through those boxes back when he still, you know, understood what boxes were. I don't know of if he could even he understand, identify a box. But now what do you think about the whole issue of the Espionage Act?
1: Well, I think I think it's it's outrageous uh, on several levels. One is uh, just purely if you look at the terms of the Espionage Act and Mike Davis has written about this you know, article three project. Uh, and he's been on fire about it. You, you need intent. You need exactly. intent to, mm-hmm. right, to damage the best interests of the United States. Uh, I, I think that will be impossible to prove in court. Uh, so that's number one. Number two, uh, the, the Clinton sock drawer case <laughs> really <laughs> does prove that the position of the U.S. government was that those records belong to the president in an absolute wow. way, in an absolute way, no qualitative nor quantitative limitation on what the president can retain. Number three, my personal feeling about why President Trump feels so passionately about retaining these records is that I think he sees it as his proof because no president has been more besieged by elements of deep state. Uh, and certainly the rank and file in the FBI, the people I know are not part of that, but we do know that at the top levels, including I would say right up to the tippy top of the Obama administration, they the, the the machinations of government against this man, Donald Trump. And he retains those records by way of saying, this is my proof when you say something about me that is false I have the proof you want to take away my proof I'm not gonna let you do it my mm-hmm. yep. god I believe that's the case I mean wouldn't mm-hmm. you yeah. who wouldn't yeah. absolutely
0: right yep. so um, one question right. about the doctor is would you put does that did they leave that alone because it was a biological hazard that they didn't want to get <laughs> into it I mean <laughs> it's- you know, Some of that may be practical. Uh, yeah. It's like, yeah, you can keep whatever's it's, in your stock or We just don't want to see it, please.
1: Yeah, just certain things that they retain for the archives. just kind of, it's really <laughs> gross. That's why you wear gloves. You must yeah. always wear gloves.
0: Yeah.
3: This is a yeah. severe case well, okay. of, of election interference. And I have another one for you, Tony. Yeah. You and All uh, right. Nan alluded to that in the the final portion of the last segment. Okay. Karine Jean-Pierre has been uh, called to task by a watchdog group, and, and not just now in the past, but right now for, for possibly violating the Hatch Act over her referring to mega, mega Republicans during official speaking engagements press. It's all over the place. She says it all the time. It's not like she mentions it once or twice. She uses it as a, as a pejorative over and over. Not the only one. President Biden does it too. Watch his speeches. Oh, these MAGA Republicans. They're not your dad's MAGA. Repu- wait, wait. I'm sorry. They're not your dad, granddad's Republican. I don't remember. But anyway, the MAGA. They're always uh-huh. in the stick MAGA as a, uh, a substitute pejorative for crazy far right. That's how we use the term progressive, by the way, in case you're wondering. So, thoughts?
0: I'd liked her better in uh, Insurrection when she was bold. Jean Luc Picard, uh, Kareem. <laughs> I, you know, I don't. Uh, it's really cool that she changed her color of hair and skin. I think it's amazing. Yeah, or am I mixing her up with Patrick Stewart? They, mo- they look so similar. I don't know which one is which. <laughs>
1: well, you know. Well,
0: like, oh, you know, well, there's, there's a big By the difference. way, Patrick Stewart did a great one-man show called uh, The Christmas Carol" in New York. I actually saw it one year. So <laughs> it was a lot different before he became the, sp- wow, the press okay. spokesman. I don't know what happened yeah. to him. I don't know. <laughs>
1: Well, it, it, the, the irony, of course, is that uh, Kevin Jean-Pierre will cite the Hatch Act as, uh, she
0: you She always, always talking about
3: things, right. right.
1: Exactly. Can't talk about that. But the Hatch Act does not apply to the president, interestingly enough.
3: We, we, we're always aware of the Hatch Act because we, we follow the rule of law here. Always, she always she has a series mm-hmm. of uh, of catchphrases she uses when she's mm-hmm. caught between the headlights or, or caught in mm-hmm. front of which the is, headlights or something is, like that. Which
1: is every day and most yeah. uh, most of the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: Um, I, I, imagine I, I,
2: I, her position. I mean, I wouldn't want to. I, she took the position. She knew what she was doing. Now she needs to answer for what she's doing and what she's saying. It's like if you're going along I, with this and this is not what you should be doing, and you know so much about the Hatch Act, then I have I'm a sorry. Riddle. Let's Fix this. I have a
0: riddle for you all. So if you this took, fair. If you took uh, Jean-Luc Picard, Pierre, uh, uh, Kareem, whatever her name is, if you took her and you put John Kirby next to her on the beach, who could swim further out to sea without drowning? Well,
3: any, I, any I do guess? tell oh. you. I, I can tell you he's much it? better at handling. Well, I, is this a trick matter. question?
0: Right? I, I have the answer. You're, the answer okay. is, I, I don't know, but it's worth trying. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> I, and, and I'm not sure if I can save them, because I, I'm not as fast of a swimmer as I used to be, thanks to evolution. Uh, there they you always, go.
1: they yeah. always bring in... Ms. Jean-Pierre was hired because she ticks off various demographic boxes, uh, right. and... Uh, Mr. Kirby is brought in to... uh, Because he sells
0: used cars. I know John.
1: Because because nominally, uh, you know, he actually uh, understands much more of the material he's dealing with. But it's, she, uh, Ms. Jean-Pierre is probably uh, the uh, least adroit, to be sure, uh, yes. and least uh, informed press secretary we've ever had in our history. And it's tolerated down. because she is in several protected demographics. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well- I, I think anybody in that position would have a difficult time.
2: And yeah, she, she I don't know, I can't say for sure, but it, it seems that way. And it seems that she's not doing her job very well, but maybe she is doing her job well. You know, maybe she is. I, I don't know, because there's so much. The to fact cover that she doesn't answer. Any and questions. There's, yeah, there's nothing that they <laughs> want. Shared. There's nothing right. they can answer for. And they want everyone to be upset with any MAGA Republican. So she's saying literally what excuse me, what other people are saying on their side or the, mm-hmm. that side. So she feels it's OK and she feels she's going to be protected. That's what it I is think. What she is. And so she's if she's going to take the rap, then they need to all face it and say, OK, we need to stop doing this. It's like, do you believe mm-hmm. it? What, what's the deal with the Hatch Act? This is what you say. This is what you this is what you say one time. This is what you say another time. So I don't know. But I don't honestly, I don't like the ugliness on either side. I think we mm-hmm. I think both sides tend to do this. And I I, I don't like it. Mm-hmm. But um, I think it distracts from the issues. And the issue is. Um, this administration mm-hmm. not even her i don't I'm, i don't have personal issue with her i think she's adorable but it's not yeah, adorable yeah, can make a to, to look at nice. but i don't right, I'm, right. it's not adorable right. to yeah. have well, a she's adorable too but that's I not it's not adorable <laughs> yeah for me to sit here and, and look, have to I, deal with this i'm not here for you to be adorable i'm here God. to get the answers <laughs> right. and I'm exactly. to be able to ask the questions look. and the reporters to be able to ask questions right. and get answers and to not be treated not half of america to be I think they kicked like Peter Ducey out of there because he's the only well, person who I actually has know. decent questions. Look, he's not in there yet. Yeah.
0: Well, I think
2: exactly I think right, I think
0: SpongeBob is cute too, but I don't take my news from him. But I think <laughs> right. you know, right. more, they are smarter than she is. Just saying. But I we gotta wrap it up. We gotta go. So uh oh. so Nan, would you come back and join us? We want to talk more about the, the sure. protected classes and the Green New Deal yeah. because I think they are related. So yes. uh, Nan, I thanks would for being here today. Yeah, uh, Chris. Thank you. Tanya, Elizabeth, uh, the audience, thank you all for being here. Uh, Thank you for being. And uh, by the way, a big shout out to my friend, Cherie Curry, who does our our bumper music and theme. Cherie is off at a sold-out series of concerts in España. So she's out, uh, uh, you know, basically doing uh, all sorts of fun things in Spain. So uh, have a glass of sangria on us. When, mm-hmm. when you're over there, Cherie, and uh, so we'll all see you again next week for the Hard Truth. Tony Shaper, thanks for being here, and we'll see you again real soon.